Habakkuk. Between the corrupt pro-Egyptian movement and the equally corrupt pro-Babylonian movement, the prophet Habakkuk was wondering what in the universe was God doing in the situation. But unlike the two fractioning groups, Habakkuk wrestles with God and, and realizes that the Lord was in his holy temple all along and the world just had to be silent. Recognize that God will always be God and realize that the church is his and not driven by human powers, peoples, or political affiliations. And that God, he and only he, would bring justice and resolution to all in his time. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome back to Sabbath School University. I'm Micah Mueller, and this, this whole quarter we're studying about the 12 prophets, often called the Minor Prophets, and this time is by far the most exciting. This is the book about the book Habakkuk, and we'll uncover some of the mystery of it, but it's going to be the most amazing of all the studies, that is my opinion. We have a couple of guests, and I hope you can share my enthusiasm. Um, we're going to have a good time. Tell us a little about it yourself, and this is the question. Have you ever had to wait for something, and was it worth it? My name is Jennifer. I'm studying nursing, and I remember waiting for my baby sister to be born. I remember my mom took uh, my middle sister and I to my grandparents' house to watch us, and then she went to the hospital, and I remember just waiting. Then the next day, the baby was born. We got to go to the hospital and hold her, and it was definitely worth the wait. <laughs> Very good. How old were you at the time, if I may ask? Four years old. Four years old. You still remember that. Very I do. Good. I remember. <laughs> my memory doesn't go back that far. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Bill Wells, and uh, I'm studying uh, theology. And uh, something that was worth waiting for uh, I've been thinking about that for a little bit, and nothing has really come to the surface other than in 2009, I was, convic I was convicted or impressed that I should go back to school, and it took me three years to get to school, mm -hmm. and it's been worth the wait. <laughs> Very good. So schooling is something worth waiting for. Very good. Yes. <laughs> well, my name is Edian. Everybody calls me Edie. I uh, study theology, too, and... Something I have waited for. Um, I was really sick past year. I uh, was vomiting a lot. I'm not going to say what happened, etc. But the thing is that I had to wait for like two or three days in order to eat. And that oh, was terrible. Yeah. That <laughs> but is, when oh, I yeah. finally got to eat, I was so happy. The wait was so long. Yeah. I'm sure it was also very, very delicious at that moment. <laughs> yeah. It was only popcorn, but it was great popcorn. Great popcorn. <laughs> I, I have this horrible habit that I, I take a very long time for me to buy something. I research everything into details, and so it takes me weeks, years to order some things. But once I order it on the internet or something, then I want it immediately. Then it's like it can't be here fast enough. I finally decided upon it needs to be here overnight. And um, I never pay the extra for the overnight. Then I'm just waiting. <laughs> Has it arrived? Has it arrived? So I get really tense about that. I don't know why. 
if I wanted it earlier, why wouldn't I have just bought earlier? Right? No. It's a peculiarity <laughs> about me. <laughs> well, we're going to study a, a book and a prophet that had to wait a bit and find an incredible truth about God after he had waited. And as we get into that, Iri, would you read the opening verse with us and pray with us? Yeah, let's do that. It's found in Habakkuk 2.14. And it says, The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Let's pray. Notre Père dans le ciel, merci beaucoup pour tout uh, ce que tu as fait pour nous. Uh, maintenant, nous uh, voulons ta bénédiction dans l'étude de ta parole. Dans le nom de Jésus-Christ, Amen. Amen. The book of Habakkuk is such a small book that it's really hard to even find it in, in the Bible, right? And, and so most of us don't even know it's even there. What, what's up with that? I think that the book of Habakkuk teaches me that any encounter with God is significant. It's easy to look at the Bible heroes like Daniel and like Esther, like Jonah, and say, wow, they had such an amazing experience. I've never been in a lion's den. I've never um, been swallowed by a fish. My experience with God must not be real. But the book of, of Habakkuk is very small. We don't know much about him. And yet his experience with God was something real that God wanted us to, to know. Mm-hmm. It's the small experiences sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and something interesting mm-hmm. to object lesson is that, you know, it's maybe not the easiest book to find, but if you search well enough and you find it, you'll get you an amazing, blessing. amazing blessing. That's right. So, teaches us to search well in the scripture. <laughs> That's right. I think of all the books in the Bible, this was the most difficult for one for me to pronounce growing up. <laughs> I could never figured out and so it always there are a lot of syllables there. I don't feel that weird anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Is it Habakkuk? Is it Habakkuk? Is it yeah, there are different Habakkuk, ways. Habakkuk cook, as I used to say. <laughs> For me this is is really the gem in, in the Old Testament. Uh, and and it's unbelievable how rich this book is because we wouldn't have any of the New Testament without this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the central message of Habakkuk is the the just will live by faith. And it gets picked up in Romans and all of Paul's theology, and then later on Luther interpreting all of that, and all of these, all of church history, so to speak, is dependent on this one phrase in Habakkuk, the central idea of Habakkuk, uh, without which we wouldn't have anything after that. So this is this amazing little gem that has that one liner that just carries us, an amazing story around it, but that one liner that will carry us to today and shows us God's grace in, in an incredible mm-hmm. in an incredible way. What is the backdrop of this story? Let's let's kind of set it up. This is kind of where we get to the, the amazing story about grace, the just shall live by life. What is the background to the story? The backdrop to the book of Habakkuk is <laughs> I think I said that right. The book of Habakkuk. Um, we find him uh, coming on we, we the it does not clarified as to when he was around. But we can pick up clues, hints. Uh, Number one is in Habakkuk 1.5 where the Lord declares that what he will do, he will accomplish in the days of Habakkuk. And so so later on he talks about the Babylonians or the Chaldeans coming uh, upon Judah. And uh, and basically we have a circulation of dates um, from anywhere from 605 to 5 87, if I remember correctly, um, of when Babylon came against Jerusalem three times. 
And so it could be during any of those moments that, uh, that we know Habakkuk was alive. So certainly in the closing years of, of Judah under uh, the kings Jehoahaz or Jehoiakim or Jehoiachin or Zedekiah um, probably is when he uh, was alive and was used by God as a prophet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the historical background, and that's really important for us to understand. And there's the struggle. The Assyrians have kind of left power. Um, that would be Jonah's story. That was the Assyrians. They have kind of weaned off as a political power. Now we have the Babylonians and the Egyptians, and there's this mm -hmm. big contention between which next superpower will take over the world. And there's this little nation in the middle, and that's the Israelites, and they don't really know what to do, and things are going a little crazy, and Habakkuk is in the middle of it. And he's frustrated. He is frustrated. Yeah, he he's is. very frustrated. His main contention is unjust things are happening to just people. God, how are you going to mm. react to that? And God's answer is, you think that's it? Much worse things are going to come. The Chaldeans are going to wipe out everybody. Mm -hmm. And Habakkuk struggles with that throughout his 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 book. What are some of the questions that he deals with? That's very interesting. He has a lot of questions for God. If we ever thought that we shouldn't ask God tough questions, well, this is an example that we are welcome to. He, for example, uh, I'm going to be reading in Habakkuk 1 mostly. He says, how long until you listen? He says, why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrong? Um, why do you tolerate the treasures? Why are you silent? And I might be missing some other questions there, but they're not easy questions, right? And it reminds me a lot of the age where we're living and the similar questions that we ask God, right? Mm. Now, um, how God deals with these questions is a different matter. You know, it's easy to ask them, but when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, I have similar questions. How is God going to answer? Weren't you curious as like, what is God going to say, you know? And it's interesting because he says what you said, like more bad things are going to happen. Although there's some things that give us hope, right? In the answer of the Lord. Um, for example, the righteous will live by faith in verse uh, four of chapter two. You know, he's like, why God, what is happening? But God is saying, among all of those things that will happen, he's saying, but the righteous shall live by faith, you know? And in verse 13 and 14, he's saying, the earth will be filled with the glory of God. And then he goes on to say, the Lord is in his holy temple, so be silent. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting, you know? What do you guys think? I find it encouraging that Habakkuk asks questions. We find Job. Job asks questions as to why, why were things going on in his life as the way they were. And I've met people in doing Bible studies here and there um, who have said, you know, it, it's, not, it's not safe to ask questions. Um, you know, we should just take every, whatever happens, just take it as faith. You know, all right, God, this is what you're doing. I'm not going to ask questions. I'm just going to take this, on, take this at faith. Um, but there's a point where... Uh, I, I think it's important to ask questions. Isaiah 118 uh, says, you know, come now, let us reason together. God is inviting us. Hey, let's dialogue about what's going on in life so that you can get answers. Um, doesn't mean that you'll know everything, but at least you can get something figured out. And that's what happens in the book of Habakkuk. He asks these questions and God proceeds to take him through the answers for his questions. In a very peculiar way, though, 
in a very peculiar way. So the question, the initial question is how God, God how can you let, fairness of God actually, yeah. how, how are, you aren't fair God, this, isn't, this fair. isn't right what's happening. And how does God answer? I'm going to make it worse. <laughs> That's not the answer that I want. So how does, how does Habakkuk respond to that? He also questions, by the way, God's salvation, His justice, His presence. Like, why aren't you listening to me? Are you here, you know? So this is not a joke, you know. He's actually questioning almost everything about the character of God, you know. And so when God answers to it, it's, it's funny because He says the righteous will live by faith, you know. What is faith? You know, maybe hope. Hope in what? You know, maybe in God's character. So maybe God is hinting to, you know, even though you don't see right now, okay, all these questions are valid. Maybe if you don't see the answer, maybe you can have hope, you know, maybe you can have faith. I mentioned at the beginning that the key, the, the verse that I think is key is, and Iri, you've mentioned it, is mm -hmm. the just shall live by faith. But there's another verse that strikes me as, as an incredible testament to who Habakkuk is himself. And that's in, in chapter 2, verse 1. He says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what God will say to me and what I will answer concerning, what he will answer concerning my complaint. Mm -hmm. This guy is doing a strike against God. I mean, he's striking God. He's like, I'm not going to move. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink until you answer me. And I find that incredibly reassuring mm -hmm. that somebody can just go to God and say, you know, these are my issues. This is what I have going on in life. And I'm not going to take no for an answer. You are going to answer me. Reminds me of Jacob wrestling with Absolutely. the angel and saying, I won't let go until you bless me. That's and right. these people are God's buddies, you know what I mean? Sometimes we think the only people that go against God and question Him, maybe not go against God would not be the best way to phrase it, but you know, the only people that do these hard questions to God are unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Like, well, these people are God's friends. They're like this, we could say, you know, and they're doing it, Still you know, because they are being honest. Mm -hmm. right? Abraham did the same. You know, Lord, will you destroy Sodom for so many people? You know, I, I want to know what you're going to do. I want to know how you're going to pull this all together. And, uh, and Habakkuk, you know, is seeking for God's answer. And I appreciate his commitment to it. Because I kind of wonder, you know, am I committed enough to really seeking uh, the answers for my questions that I have? Am I committed to just waiting on the Lord and just mm. praying and studying the Bible and just really digging in to find out what, what answers he has for my questions. I think that's, that's incredible. We'll get to it in just a moment. I think there's one other element. He asked the first question. He gets that really bad answer, I will destroy everybody. God, are you fair? I'm going to destroy anybody. And then Habakkuk kind of, he rallies up and he says, God, you can't do that. You can't destroy your reputation, your name, everything that you stand for. You cannot allow this to happen. How can you do that? And he reminds me a lot of Moses. Uh, we mentioned Abram, we mentioned Jacob, all of that is true. And then there's Moses who wrestles with God and says, you can't destroy these Israelites. You'd rather destroy me than destroy these people. It's in, in Habakkuk's case, it's not even about himself. It's not that injustice has happened to him. It's injustice has happened to other people. And he takes it so personally. And he is so engaged in the plight of other people 
that he says, God, I will wrestle with you and I want answers for them. Much like Moses did this intervention. Mm -hmm. And I find that just amazing. Do it's I have beautiful. that courage to stand up and really wrestle for other people the way that Habakkuk did? Put my own life, my own eternal life on the line for mm -hmm. somebody else's comfort and fairness? It kind of sets Habakkuk apart from other prophets. Most prophets had a message from God to bring to the people, and Habakkuk is taking the concerns of the people to God and saying, what are you going to do with this? And I'm not going to leave until you answer. Habakkuk 3.2, um, I think, kind of brings that out. And in, uh, in, he's stating, O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. So he's pleading, mm. God, revive your work in your people. For, you've, for they're your people, You've brought them so far, revive your work in them. And then he goes on to finish in verse 2, In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Because um, the, the, the Babylonians coming upon the people of, people of Judah is in fulfillment of a prophecy in Isaiah that is, uh, and in Deuteronomy that is God's people wander away, that he would bring other nations to, to rule over them for a time. And then, you know, so they could learn their lesson and then he would remove that. And so in wrath, remember mercy, we see the condemnation. And then in chapter two, God says, hey, but I'm going to do this to Babylon. Mm. You know, this is going to happen in Judah. I'm going to do this to Babylon. I will remember mercy um, for chapter three, verse 13 says, you went forth for the salvation of your people for salvation with your anointed. And, uh, and God will come with salvation for his people again. He will visit them with mercy. There's a passage in between. Jesus says, the, uh, God says, the just shall live by faith. And then he lists actually all the bad things that are happening. And there are about seven or eight things that are happening. Adultery and, and you're abusing other people. You have slaves and all of this, all the bad things. You're robbing, you're robbing me, you're robbing other people, all these bad things that happen. So there's a just cause for God acting. But God's promise is to keep those that hold on to him mm -hmm. through all of that, to carry them through. And in that response, Habakkuk, issues the psalm at the end, I understand you now. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I understand that you need to punish, just like a parent needs mm. to punish children that are disobedient, but I also see that you have this mercy and you will carry us through difficult times. Yeah. yeah. How can we, this is the picture of God in Habakkuk, it's, it's incredible. How can, we, how can we help ourselves and, and others get this openness and, and this patience with God. I think it's important when you're working with someone else not to pretend like you have all the answers. It's okay. We're, as we've been discussing, it's okay to have questions and it's okay to bring those questions to God. If someone is struggling with being open with God, we don't have to pretend like it's okay, we have all the answers and we can figure this out. It's okay just to have questions and to bring them. To God. How can we be patient with God? That's something I struggle with. I'm not a very patient person. I like to ask God and I want to know the answer right away. Right away. I don't often um, take the stand of Habakkuk where I'll stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he'll say to me. I like to have the answers right away. So how can I be patient in waiting for God to answer? Maybe you can help me. Well, I have the same problem. <laughs> I'll throw my, uh, I'll throw my uh, tally card with that too. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I struggle with the patience, you know, patience with God, you know, all right, Lord, I need to, I need to take care of this in my life, or I need to get this done, you know, how do I, how do I do that when yet I've got to wait, you know, and the, one of the, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. One of the things that really, um, 
I think help it helps because it's helping right now is to, I think if we are open with each other, it's easier to help each other, you know, because maybe I think I'm the only one who's impatient with God. I'm the only one, da, da, da. But I read about Habakkuk, you know, I hear your story and that it's a little bit more encouraging because then it sends the message, okay, you know, it's our human condition is like that. And then we can start from there and ask the Lord for help. So that's a little bit encouraging. <laughs> and that's something that I've done in times when I've been impatient, waiting for God to speak, claiming promises. We talked about the just will live by faith. What is faith? Taking God at His word, believing that what He says He'll do. So I find promises in the Bible that deal with waiting on the Lord and, you know, Him providing what we're needing. And claiming those promises in the times of waiting helps me to be more patient when I want to just rush ahead and, and hurry and get the answers. <laughs> I think that's already a very, very practical and, and very good advice. Claim God's promises and, and know that He will do it in in his time. One of my favorite promises regarding that specific uh, thing is Psalm 27, 13, and 14. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, Amen. I say, on the Lord. Amen. And remembering how he finally came through for some things that we waited for in the past is really helpful too because then it gives us a hint maybe right that he will also come through at some point I, I think it's something that we all can relate to right we live in an, in an age where everything needs to be done quickly right mm -hmm. um, I get upset if my browser takes too long to open a web page it's like it's 10 seconds it should be done already um, yeah. That's yeah. kind of the age that we live in, uh, the fast food age, the fast answers, everything needs to be quick and fast and faster and the computer that is two years old isn't fast enough. It's, it's always, we live in this very high pace kind of mm -hmm. age, even, even if you look at past generations, it, it wasn't that high pace. And I think it's especially difficult for, for our generation um, and, and especially for the coming generation as well, to have to develop this, this, this patience. And so it's something that we really need to, I guess, work and struggle against the, the culture that we live in. And it must be something important because when we see in Revelation the description of God's people, here are those that keep the commandments of God, the faith of Jesus, here's the patience of the saints. So I think it's something that God is wanting to develop in us. That's right. Habakkuk 2.3, you know, touches on this. Of course, the local application is to the specific prophecies that are taking place, but I think we can draw a principle out of it. Habakkuk 2.3, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It, it will, will not, not tarry. Mm -hmm. So there are both aspects, right? God doesn't delay. We see that in a couple of passages throughout Scripture. God doesn't delay, and yet sometimes there seems to be a delay from our time understanding. I think one thing that helps me is shift my focus, and I really appreciate that about Habakkuk. How can I be more patient is shift my focus. Because my focus is usually about, I have this problem and my family has that problem and my grandma's not doing so well, my grandpa needs something, and why aren't you doing something immediately? Um, if we shifted our focus, not to just the things that concern me, but to the things that concern other people, and suddenly I get a different perspective, and I really appreciate that about Habakkuk. He's concerned about other people. 
and, and suddenly my immediate needs become a lot less important if I see the struggles that other people are having in their life. Yeah. And to be engaged in their struggles is suddenly more important than wanting something immediately for myself. How can we learn to, to see this goodness of God that Habakkuk came to see? He struggled to get there. Um, and, and see that with its justice, especially if the world is so filled with things that go wrong. That's an interesting question because it's something that we do learn. How can we learn? Well, learning is a process too. It's, you were talking about how we want everything to happen right away. Well, learning to trust in the Lord is something that for most of us doesn't happen right away. You know, we also have to wait until we learn to, you know. <laughs> so um, for some reason, that's the way that God has made things. And uh, but even though um, to go back to the question, the world is full of bad, bad things. And even though we could go the route of saying, you know, even though I know these things about God, I see these things happening, so forget about this, and I guess I'll be depressed <laughs> because everything is bad, you know. We could also take the route of saying, okay, this is what I see, but this is what I know about God, and these are promises right here that, you know, will come true because I know that in my personal life, some things that I've waited for in the Lord have come through. So we could take that route, you know, and it's amazing how Habakkuk ends kind of when I was reading this I was almost like shouting by myself like praise the Lord praise mm -hmm. the Lord because it's it's a nasty background the whole mm -hmm. thing and what God is saying and I was like what is he gonna say now it, this is horrible and then he says that his heart pounded and his lips quivered and decay crept into his bones and my legs trembled you know he is in a bad situation. But suddenly he says, yet, right? I will wait patiently for the day of calamity, etc. But he says, I will wait patiently. And then it says, though the fig tree does not bud, and there's no grapes, and there's no, the olive and fields do not produce any food, and etc., etc., says, yet I will rejoice, okay? I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. So I think that there's a way, you know, through knowing the character of God, through knowing the little things that he does in our lives, you know, as we go on, we can learn how to trust in him and to hope in him among all the, the calamity, just like About Habakkuk all the difficult did. Things, yeah. I think that's a, that's a wonderful concept. And I would add one more thing. I think sometimes we just need to struggle, just like Habakkuk did, and just accept that life isn't fair. And that makes it hard, and yet trust in God. That is the tension that we live in. Habakkuk showed us an example. Thank you so much for being on the show. Life isn't fair. You know it. I know it. And Habakkuk experienced it. But Habakkuk didn't sit back and mope. He wrestled with God like Jacob and Moses before him. And God reveals that he is. That's it. He is bigger than life itself. And his promises puts all of life's worries to rest. God will not only carry us, but stay close to us all the way through. If you would like to contact us, Please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org and like us on Facebook. That's where you can see us as well.
Thank you so much for watching. I'm Ike Mueller. This is Sabbath School University. We'll see you next week.